and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar, and my hope is to show you how to have a personal relationship with our Savior, Jesus Christ, and that salvation is through Christ alone by the free gift of God's grace. Friends, we are living in the last days, and Jesus is coming back soon. You need to be ready. And the only way to do that is to listen to the Word of God and invite Him into your heart. I pray that as you hear this message, it will encourage you to read the Bible for yourself. Seek the truth. Ask God to open your heart, eyes, and mind to understand what His Spirit is trying to tell you. The episode will begin after a short message. Jesus is the one who can intercede with God for us. The whole Bible from cover to cover is all about Jesus. I watched a video with Pastor Jack Hibbs and Dr. Frank Turek, and something that Dr. Turek said stood out for me. He said that salvation is number one and the gospel is everything. But he also said, um, speaking of the, the whole Bible from cover to cover, paradise lost in Genesis. Paradise regained in Revelation. Everything in between is the story of redemption. Jesus is the lamb who takes away our sins when we trust in him to be with him forever. In the book of Hebrews, the writer is speaking to Jewish Christians, what today would be considered Messianic Jews. That's why he quotes a lot of uh, scripture from the Old Testament. That's what they knew. The New Testament, as we know it, was being written at the same time. It hadn't been compiled yet into the canon that we have today. I've quoted Hebrews 7 before because of the important point it covers. Jesus is the only mediator between us and God. Thus, Mary is not. And you can click on over to my blog and there's a link to that article and podcast on Mary. On Mary. We also went over how Jesus more than likely was the Melchizedek who met Abram in Genesis. I did that a few days ago. So let's go over what Hebrews 7 has to say. And we read, this Melchizedek was king of the city of Salem. And we know that Salem means peace, the city of peace. And also a priest of God most high. When Abraham was returning home after winning a great battle against the kings, Melchizedek met him and blessed him. Then Abraham took a tenth of all he had captured in battle and gave it to Melchizedek. That's a tithe. Let's call it tithe, 10%. The name Melchizedek means king of justice, and king of Salem means king of peace. There is no record of his father or mother or any of his ancestors, no beginning or end to his life. He remains a priest forever, resembling the Son of God. Okay, think about that a minute. I'm going to read it again. It's verse 3, Hebrews 7, verse 3. There is no record of his father or mother or any of his ancestors. No beginning or end to his life. He remains a priest forever, resembling the Son of God, Jesus. Verse 4. Consider then how great this Melchizedek was. Even Abraham, the great patriarch of Israel, 
recognized this by giving him a tenth of what he had taken in battle. Now, the law of Moses required that the priests who are descendants of Levi must collect a tithe, that's 10%, from the rest of the people of Israel, who are also descendants of Abraham. But Melchizedek, who was not a descendant of Levi, collected a tenth from Abraham. And Melchizedek placed a blessing upon Abraham, the one who had already received the promise of God. And without question, the person who has the power to give a blessing is greater than the one who is blessed. The priests who collect tithes are men who die. So Melchizedek is greater than they are because we are told that he lives on. In addition, we might even say that these Levites, the ones who collect the tithe, paid a tithe to Melchizedek when their ancestor Abraham paid a tithe to him. For although Levi wasn't born yet, the seed from which he came was in Abraham's body when Melchizedek collected the tithe from him. So if the priesthood of Levi, on which the law was based, could have achieved the perfection God intended, why did God need to establish a different priesthood with a priest in the order of Melchizedek instead of the order of Levi and Aaron? Aaron was Moses' brother who was the priest in Exodus. And if the priesthood is changed, the law must also be changed to permit it. For the priest we are talking about belongs to a different tribe whose members have never served at the altar as priests. What I mean is our Lord came from the tribe of Judah and Moses never mentioned priests coming from that tribe. Jesus is like Melchizedek or is Jesus Melchizedek? I don't know. You can look at the blog a couple of days ago. Verse 15, this change has been made very clear since a different priest who was like Melchizedek has appeared. Jesus became a priest, not by meeting the physical requirement of belonging to the tribe of Levi, but by the power of a life that cannot be destroyed. And the psalmist pointed this out when he prophesied, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. That's Psalm 110.4. And we're going to look into that in a minute. Verse 18, yes, the old requirement about the priesthood was set aside because it was weak and useless, for the law never made anything perfect. But now we have confidence in a better hope through which we draw near to God. This new system was established with a solemn oath. Aaron's descendants became priests without such an oath. But there was an oath regarding Jesus. For God said to him, the Lord has taken an oath and will not break his vow. You are a priest forever. Again, that's Psalm 110. Because of this oath, Jesus is the one who guarantees this better covenant with God. There were many priests under the old system for death prevented them from remaining in office. Obviously, a priest dies. He's no longer a priest because he's dead. And it doesn't become a saint that you can pray to either. But because Jesus lives forever, his priesthood lasts forever. Therefore, he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. 
He is the kind of high priest we need because he is holy and blameless, unstained by sin. He has been set apart from sinners and has been given the highest place of honor in heaven. Unlike those other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices every day. They did this for their own sins first, then for the sins of the people. But Jesus did this once and for all when he offered himself as the sacrifice for the people's sins. The law appointed high priests who were limited by human weakness. But after the law was given, God appointed his son with an oath. And his son has been made perfect, the perfect high priest forever. Hebrews 7. So Jesus is a priest and a king. He was a priest, unlike the Levites, one mysteriously sent by God. The writer quotes Psalm 110, a prophetic psalm, significantly referring to the Messiah, Jesus, as a priest in the order of Melchizedek. Let's take a look at Psalm 110. And I read, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. The Lord will extend your powerful kingdom from Jerusalem. You will rule over your enemies. When you go to war, your people will serve you willingly. You are arrayed in holy garments and your strength will be renewed each day like the morning dew. The Lord has taken an oath and will not break his vow. You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. The Lord stands at your right hand to protect you, and he will strike down many kings when his anger erupts. He will punish the nations and fill their lands with corpses. He will shatter heads over the whole earth. But he himself will be refreshed from brooks along the way. He will be victorious. That is Psalm 110. Jesus is our high priest. I discovered an interesting Bible study in the YouVersion Bible app, free app, by the way, that comes from a Christian ministry in Malaysia. Asian cultures are predominantly pagan, very much like the Roman Catholic Church. But um, I, this is very pertinent to, um, from today's, for today's lesson. And I quote, anyone raised on the Old Testament would feel the importance of the priest whose role was instituted in the law. The priest offered sacrifices to God as prescribed. Not just anybody could be a priest. The law stated that he had to be a descendant of Aaron and Levi. So now in declaring how Jesus is a superior priest to Aaron's sons, the writer of Hebrews tells us two things about the superior institution of Jesus' priesthood. The first is that he is a priest of an order, the order of Melchizedek which was before and greater than Aaron. He is a priest who is also a king of righteousness and without beginning or end. Second, his appointment is not by genealogy, but was given to him by an oath from God, something in which it is impossible for God to lie. Having shown us our need for a priest, the writer brings us now to consider how wonderful a priest Jesus is. Unlike other priests, Jesus lives forever and needs no successor. 
his sacrifice of himself once and once for all never needs to be repeated. Let's say that again. His sacrifice of himself once and for all never needs to be repeated. So that means that every Sunday or every mass that the Catholic Roman Catholic Church celebrates where they lift up the sacrifice of Jesus, that doesn't need to happen. It's not necessary, especially for salvation. Jesus is able to save us in every situation because he always lives to intercede for us. Hebrews coming to Christ had to deal with their past ties with priests and sacrifices. All right. Similarly, Catholics who have been raised like I was under rules and sacraments and rituals and priests, Mary and the saints, etc., have to accept the fact that all that religion is not necessary. All we need is Jesus. Jesus didn't suffer and die on the cross so that we could have religion. He died taking our sins away so that when we repent and believe in him, we are saved and have a personal relationship with God through him forever. Eternity, that's eternal life. Jesus saves us fully and completely. Only through Jesus can we have the fullness of his salvation. Once saved by Jesus, you are saved for all eternity. If you are not sure if you're saved or not, and if you truly want to be born again and have the assurance of salvation, receive the Holy Spirit and get a one-way nonstop ticket to heaven and that you won't be left behind at the rapture, this is what you have to do. You have to invite Jesus into your heart. If you don't know how to do that, if you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes so you can click on over to my blog and click where it says how to invite Jesus into your heart. And you're also going to want to click on over my, to my blog to watch the video from Dr. Frank Turek and Pastor Jack Hibbs. It is very enlightening. And believe me, it will open your eyes to the truth of what's going on right now. I mean, everything from COVID to um, what's going on with Israel, everything. So, um, so please don't miss out on that. Jesus is coming back soon. Any minute now, any day now. Are you ready? Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of Scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. 
Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24:14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory.